Hi everyone, good morning and welcome to the podcast on Drive Motivation. I don't know what I'm titling it yet, but that is what it's going to be about today. This podcast, I feel, this particular episode is pretty fitting because, um, yeah, I'm about to embark on like a really, I'm going to break it down in detail for you guys, but I'm about to embark on a pretty intense next three months um, and I myself and setting myself up in a way that I'm going to be more organized than ever before. I'm going to set myself up in a way that I'm not allowing myself to make excuses for any limitations that I place in my way, all that kind of shit that I normally do before a semester starts or before I embark on like a a challenge. Um, But yeah, I just feel like it's really perfect timing to do this episode when I myself have a lot of things that I also want to be, you know, really motivated, driven, whatever you want to call the word. I know a lot of people are against the word motivation, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. But the idea of maintaining that energy level or maintaining that state to get you to where you want to be. A little bit of an update on what I've done since the last podcast. It has been some, I think it's two weeks since the last podcast. Uh, I took some time off. I went to Queensland, spent some time with my family because of COVID. We weren't able to obviously enter the borders of Queensland. So they opened the borders and literally the next day I was up in Queensland, which was amazing. Uh, Fucking so tight with my family. So it was so good to see my parents and cousins and everyone there. Um, obviously all my girlfriends, guy friends, it was just a fucking vibe to be honest and didn't do much work. And I think it's kind of good. Like it's nice to take some time off and not do that much work. I think it's important, especially cause I knew that I had like a big block of things coming up on the horizon for me that I was really just relishing that time off. And I was like, I refuse to feel guilty for days that I'm not doing any work. Like that's not going to be healthy. It's not going to be helpful. I need to, anytime there's a day where I get nothing done, I need to look at this as being like, this is the rest that I'm going to be needing for, you know, the next few hectic months that are coming up. Okay, so what are these hectic months that I'm talking about? So I'm starting semester the semester in a week. Um, it's going to be pretty intense because the subjects I have chosen are pretty hardcore. Um, one in particular, which is genetics, and I'm not going to go into detail of what that entails, but we're talking like I have to write like a full-on like – um, case report. Um, it's it, anyway, it's fucking intense and there's a lot of hours involved. I'm talking like, I think I have to put aside 20 hours a week, um, separate to the contact hours at uni for this. Like it's full on, but, but if I manage to get these two subjects down plus two next semester, it means that I'll be graduating in less than a year. So in about 10 months. So it's exciting prospect. I've got something to really, you know, work towards. Separate to that, I obviously have my podcast, which I'm running. And also separate to that, I've got my Mindset Hacks program, which has been doing so well. Thanks so much, guys, that have been um, not only signing up, but also letting me know how you're going with your journey, with your progress on everything. Fucking yes, queens and kings. Um, Then I've got all my workouts that I'm filming as well. And then I actually have, you know, teaching as a job on the side that I'm doing. So there is a lot going on and I need to really flesh out my weeks properly to make sure that I'm hitting kind of all the targets that I need to be hitting. So perfect timing to release this podcast about motivation, drive, all that sort of thing. So I'm going to talk about, I did put up a box on my Instagram 
as you guys are aware. And a lot of you guys did actually write in the comments box um, about what it was that you wanted me to cover. There literally, I had three over 300 responses on that particular question. And most of them, I just obviously am only going to cover the main ones. There was just a little like disclaimer, warning, whatever you want to call it. There was a bunch of people that did actually ask me for motivation to do one big thing, but that's not what I'm talking about here. So for example, I'm talking about things that are kind of, you know, a monotonous thing that you've got to have the drive or the, the I don't know what the word is, like the, the passion or the motivation or like the ability, like that staying power to do something day in, day out, day in, day out when you don't want to do it. I'm not really talking about, because people were saying, oh, I want mo- the motivation to leave a relationship or I want the motivation to quit my job. That's not really what I'm talking about here. That is more go to Take a Leap of Faith podcast, go to, you know, there's other podcasts that are going to cover that. Or if you're looking at, yeah, it's just that's not what specifically this is about. So while, yes, you do need like a kick to do those things, I'm going to be covering a different kind of motivation and that's kind of the daily things that people want to do to get somewhere um, and how to be consistent, like eating well and shit like that. So the topics that I am going to be, covering that were these were the main ones that came up so number one is getting up early consistently number two is focusing on a task like things like studying um, for uni or whatever another one is how to stop eating bad food all the time Um, how to maintain friendships exercise even where there's like roadblocks in the way like if it being really cold or you know whatever Um, spending too much time on a device and motivation to stop rewarding yourself prematurely um, when you're seeing, when you're starting to get some results and then you go kind of off the bandwagon and you treat yourself and that treat ends up turning into like a three-day, four-day, one week, two weeks and you're just like almost given up on what it was that you were working on in the first place because you saw some progress. So those are the main ones that I am going to be covering. All right, so the first thing that I want to touch on before I go into the specifics of any of these topics is you've got to look at this as your beliefs on what you are capable of. So what you believe that you are capable of is going to determine what kind of action and the quality of that action that you're going to take. And in like you can come up with every excuse under the sun as to why something's not happening or why you're not doing anything towards whatever. But at the end of the day, there's a part of you that believes you are able to do it because if you genuinely thought there was no way in hell that you could achieve something, you wouldn't be sitting here being like, oh, you know, but how do I, you know, I kind of just want help being motivated for it or I kind of want, like, for example, I know that there is no chance in hell that I can be a basketball player in the NBA. So I don't waste any time, breath, energy thinking about, oh, but maybe, maybe I could, maybe, like, Do you know what I'm saying? Like if something is in your head 100% not possible, you don't waste your time, energy or breath even making excuses as to why you don't do something because you just know it's absolutely not possible so you don't even talk about it, right? The problem is when you make excuses, it's because a part of you knows that you're capable of it so now you need to justify why you're not doing it. So start paying attention to the things that you're making excuses for and realize that the reason you're making those excuses is because there's a big chance that deep down you know that 
you are capable of doing it. You might need to make some changes or some sacrifices, but you as a human being, the way your life is set up right now, is capable of attaining or achieving or doing those things. You might not just like the process of getting there, but you know that you're capable of doing it. So what are your beliefs around what you're capable of doing? Something that's really interesting as well is something that um, Tony Robbins talks about and he talks about what is your standard? Like what standard do you hold for yourself? And I think that's a really good question that he gets people to ask themselves because if you have a pretty low standard for yourself, no matter how much you jay yourself up the night before to do something, at the end of the day, if you think that you're only worthy of X, you're not going to get up and do it because you think, oh, I might do it one morning, but you know, it's just not going to happen for me. So I, I just won't bother. Why get up early this morning if I know that I can't do it consistently? You know, so it's like, what is your standard for yourself and what are your beliefs about what you are capable of achieving? Okay? Get clear on those things. Another thing is, and I spoke about this briefly on my Instagram um, this week, and it's what do you believe about other people who are doing the things that you want to be doing? Like what is your language around that? Are you saying to are you saying about someone else? Or, you know, they're just genetically blessed. That's why their body is the way it is. Or they're just lucky because they get to eat whatever they want to eat. Or they're lucky that they're just naturally, you know, skinny or here's a funny one, naturally muscular. Pfft, whatever the fuck that means. You know, um, or you're just, you're naturally smart. You're born smart. You're just, you know, you're, you're this, you're that, blah, 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 blah. Like how many times do you not give credit to someone for what they have achieved and you palm it off as being due to something else, due to luck, due to, you know, a circumstance out of their control? How many times do you allocate someone else's success as due to being something else and not due to their hard work? Every time you do that, you do yourself a disservice and them a disservice. It's unfair to you because you're telling yourself, nah, I'm just not capable of doing that. Why bother? That's a huge, like that's, a, that's fucking fucked because to tell yourself that, why even listen to this podcast? Like that's ridiculous. You're wasting your time. You know, just go wallow in a hole if that's how you feel. So stop saying that the only reason that other people are achieving things is because they're lucky because if you genuinely felt that way, if you really thought that, then why are you listening to this podcast trying to see where you can make changes in your life? If you thought that the only reason people succeeded is because out of, due to luck. Take that word out of your vocabulary when it comes to this specific topic that we're talking about. And it's also unfair to that person because you're saying you actually didn't work hard for anything. You haven't earned this. This is all luck. That's not cool. Because at the end of the day, most people that are doing something that you want to be doing is because they had the ability to do something day in, day out, day in, day out, whether they wanted to or not, they stuck it out. It's all these little things that they do on a daily basis that gets them to that big achievement that from the outset, people look at it and say, wow, that's such a big thing to achieve that in their head, they must think it took one monumental moment of change for them to achieve it instead of realizing that success is actually this daily chipping away at something and a lot of people don't like to admit that because it's boring because it doesn't sound fun oh well that's not exciting that the reason they're so successful is because 
They did all these tiny, menial, boring, mundane tasks that's not fun to talk about. Well, unfortunately, that's just the truth. Success comes from doing all these things. Like, I hate it when people say to me, oh, you know, the re- oh, you know, like if I, if I get a distinction or, or, you know, if I work my fucking ass off and I get a high distinction at uni and I get told, oh, my God, you're just naturally smart. Like, that's amazing. Like, you're just, you know, you're just gifted. F- gifted? What? Do you know how hard I spent working for that mark? Do you know how many hours I spent? Do you know how many, like, moments of feeling like, oh, my God, I need to really fucking change my mindset before I have a mental breakdown because I don't think I'm going to be able to submit this essay. Like, do you know how many, how much I have to go through to get that result? And then for someone to turn around and say, no, no, but like, you're just, you're naturally smart. It's like a fuck you, Alexis. You didn't earn this. That's what it feels like. You know, like stop, like just pay attention to your language. Are you not giving people credit for their work and in turn believing that the only reason you can achieve something is due to luck? Because if that's the case, give up. Stop trying to do anything. Stop trying to work. Your attitude's cooked anyway and just sit on your ass because if you're going to achieve anything, it's going to be fucking luck. So why bother? Why bother putting in the work? Do you know what I mean? It's a pathetic mindset to have and change it. The sooner you change that mindset that, you know, luck plays a part then the sooner you're going to start achieving shit and the sooner you're going to start actioning shit because you're going to realize, wait a minute, I'm going to stop being a weak fucking dog and realize that it's actually action that's going to get me there. And if I was to fucking pull my fucking finger out and start taking this action on a daily basis, I would get there just like those people that are doing what I want to be doing. I would get there. It's way more achievable than you think but it's consistency and it's showing up again and again and again. That's the difference. Are you prepared or are you not? There's going to be certain things that are going to be fucking boring or just uncomfortable, but are you or are you not prepared? Because at the end of the day, the people that are doing the things that you want to be doing are doing something that you're not prepared to be doing. And if you are prepared to be doing it, great. Listen to the rest of this podcast. Let's take some fucking action to make some serious change. Okay, so I'm going to touch on something that I mentioned on my story months ago and I literally still have people messaging me about this saying that it was something that stuck with them and really helped them. And it's the concept of what your goal is and are you running away from something or are you running towards something? So when you set yourself a goal or something that you want to achieve – you need to be looking at it very carefully and really figure out how you want to word it. So if you want to lose weight, is your goal purely, I want to lose five kilos, that's it, I just want to lose five kilos? Because I can tell you right now, that's going to be not very exciting, not very motivating, you know, there's a lot that's going to go wrong there and I'll explain that in a second. Or... Is your goal to be, I really want to be able to run 10 kilometers or I really want to be able to deadlift 80 kilos? Um, You know, it's, it's like a physical fitness goal that you're always constantly working towards. And then when you reach that goal, there's always 
expansions that you can put in place to be like, okay, now I can do this. Now, now how do I expand that? Now I want to run X amount or I want to run the same distance but in less time. Or, you know, so it's very, very exciting because as you're working towards that goal, you're actually hitting all these mini goals along the way and you're working toward something. So there's something ahead of you that you're trying to reach and it's quite exciting and motivating when you're getting there. The problem with when you're trying to run away from something, say, I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to have this tummy. I just want to get away from this tummy. Say it's 10 kilos that you want to lose. So you start running away from that. So you're you're like, you you know, you're starving yourself. You're having all these fad diets that, anyway, I'm not even going to go into how I feel about diets. But anyway, you you start doing all these changes in your life that are not going to be um, you're not going to be able, like it's not realistic to maintain those changes long-term in your life. So they're these short, quick fixes and it's painful and uncomfortable and you hate it, but you're running away from like th- that five kilos, 10 kilos that you're trying to lose. But the problem with that is because you're running away from something, when you get far enough from that thing, like say you want to lose 10 kilos and now you've lost five of those kilos, because your m- mentality is I'm running away from something, you just get far enough that you're like, oh, this isn't affecting me so much anymore. I'm not, it's, I'm not in such a place of pain anymore. I can kind of deal with it. So then you start sliding back down that scale because you think, oh, five kilos doesn't feel as bad as 10. I'll treat myself. I'll do this. I'll do that. You fall off the bandwagon. You stop training. You look at training as a punishment. You're like, just fucking get, get rid of those 10 kilos. I'll smash myself. I'll fucking punish myself. I hate going to the gym, but, you know, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, cool. Now you're just far enough and then because, you know, you've done the bare minimum, you then start sliding back to it. And that's where yo-yo dieting comes in because you're running away from something, you get far enough away, so then you relax and then you start sliding back towards it. And then it's this up and down, up and down, up and down because you're always running away from the same fucking shit. Instead, turn it around and be like, what can I run towards? Okay, I don't want to be overweight. But how can I turn that around to be like, this is a fitness goal that I'm going to set for myself or this is a health goal that I'm going to set for myself and then I can start working towards that. The beauty of that is that weight loss becomes a positive side effect of that goal that you're working towards. It's a lot more positive. You're not punishing your body. It's more of a celebration of all these new things that you're now capable of achieving instead of smashing yourself and being like, I'm now punishing you for being overweight or for being this, for being that. And you're going to be able to attach more and more goals. And the beauty of that is it becomes a lifestyle change and it's not a quick fix. Now, I know that you might be thinking, oh, this, you know, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle change. It does sound cliche, but I don't care what you want to call it. Cliche, not cliche, whatever the fuck, it's the truth. Whether you like it or not, the only time you're going to make lasting change is if, if you make it part of your lifestyle. If you find this as a temporary thing or, you know, just a quick fix, then you're just going to end up where you were. It doesn't make sense. What is the point? What is the point of having a crash diet to get you to where you want to be if then you're going to resume your old patterns and your old behaviors immediately after and expect a different result? Are you high on crack? What part of you makes you think that that's a logical answer to your problem? Look at it coldly. And how many times have you tried to do a quick fix on something? And are you going to do it again? How many more times are you going to do this to yourself? How many more times are you going to try and fool yourself when deep down you know the truth? 
The only way you're going to make real lasting change is by including it into your lifestyle and making it a permanent lifestyle change. Get your head around that and shit is going to change faster than you think actually. The initial, the, big, the early stages of it might feel slow but you got to look back in two, three, four months and be, your mind will be blown at how much change you can make if you make it a lifestyle change and not a quick fix. Get rid of the quick fixes or don't, but then turn this podcast off. So your, your choice. Okay, now I just want to go into a few of the different scenarios um, that people did send me um, for obviously driving motivation. But just keep in mind that pretty much everything that I do say can kind of be put across and relevant to a lot of different kinds of things that you're lacking drive or motivation in. Like I did say before that whole just then that I, what I explained about running away from something versus running towards something, that's going to be a huge changer for you and it will force you to look at why it is that you want to make changes in certain areas and, you know, do you want to kind of edit those changes, you know, like other apart from just losing 10 kilos, which could be starving yourself because there's many different ways of doing it, you could change it to be like I want to become – quite physically fit and then there's all these added benefits that come with it so kind of do a little bit write down all the goals that it is that you are wanting to work on and look at it ask yourself am I running away or am I running towards and then if you are running away how can I reword this so it's now running towards something else where the result will maybe is a byproduct of what I'm running towards you know like it's it's an added bonus of that all right now let's look at getting up early one thing I want to say is that a lot of people that get up early, I can almost guarantee that 98% of those people initially when they started doing it did not enjoy it. This whole idea of like, oh, but you're a morning person, you make yourself a morning person. It's, um, it's not in your DNA, it's just part of, like I said before, it's part of your lifestyle. So you do make yourself a morning person. I am someone who loves staying up late at night. I love it. I, you know, get me out to a dinner. I don't, you know, even my family, we used to, growing up, we didn't, as a child, we would have dinner at 9 p.m. You know, so I was always, everything's later. Everything was always late. I can easily stay up on a weeknight until midnight easily. And then I have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to go to work. Obviously, I don't do that all the time. Obviously, if I know I'm waking up early, I make sure that I get my, me personally, my minimum is six and a half hours sleep. That's just what I find really help six and a half to seven hours is my ideal sleep time but you've got your own um but just keep in mind that you don't need to be a morning person quote unquote um to learn how to wake up consistently every morning so just once you tell yourself or stop telling yourself the narrative that I'm just not a morning person if you keep telling yourself that you're just not a morning person what do you think is going to happen literally nothing you're not going to change so if you want to change change your language so what and then you know some of these measures that I'm going to tell you are going to work they're going to work it's just a matter of how bad do you want change so I've got people that say I just can't wake up in the morning I can't wake up in the morning I said okay set two alarms and take your phone and alarm clock away from your bed so you physically have to get up to, to turn it off and then you're not going to get back into bed. Oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Okay, well, then you don't, just, you don't want change. You just don't want change and that's okay. But just resign yourself to that. Like 
just what pisses me off if when someone's looking for change, someone gives them a, like a, a really good viable option and then they're like, oh, no, I don't want to do that because that would entail me doing something I don't want to do. Well, surprise, surprise, a lot of people that get to where they want to be have to do things that they don't want to do. So if you absolutely struggle to get up early in the morning, set your alarm away from your bed. If you cannot go to bed without your phone next to you, then buy an alarm clock and set that alarm away from your bed. You have to set yourself up so you cannot fail. And if you know that you're going to try and do all these things to, to fail, then you've got to make it harder for yourself. You know, you, you know yourself better than anyone else does. And you know how stubborn you can be or how relentless you can be or when things get difficult, how lazy you can be. So how hard are you going to make it for yourself to hit the snooze button? If that alarm clock is on the other side of the room and you have to get out of bed, walk all the way across to the alarm clock and switch it off and then you go back to bed after that, then I'm sorry, you just don't want it bad enough. You don't, okay? You're kidding yourself. So that is what I would recommend for someone that absolutely cannot stop hitting snooze. Now, when it comes to, and obviously this is only going to happen for the first, you know, two weeks, if you do it consistently, then you'll be able to, you know, have the alarm right next to you. It's going to go off and you'll be able to get up and it's not going to be so painful. Jump out of bed and have some physical changes in your body, like stretch, stand up tall, do whatever you need to do, drink some water. Um, and that's going to sort of snap you out of this like sleepy state. I used to love sleeping in. And it was just something that if I couldn't sleep in, uh, and I'm not talking, I wasn't a horrible like it wasn't really bad, but if I could sleep until eight or something like that. And then if I had to get up early for work, you know, once I started becoming a Pilates instructor, it was like this hectic feat that I had to do. And because I was working, obviously I would get out of bed because I had a job to get to. But now I've turned it around and now for me, I don't sleep in unless obviously I've been partying the night before. That's a different story. But in general, even on a weekend, I don't sleep in. I'll get up early, I exercise, I do stuff. I have now made that part of my lifestyle and part of what makes me happy. You know, I get more done in the mornings. I'm way more productive in the mornings. So for me, that's now part of my new lifestyle. And now that's non-negotiable. I get up early. And I'm not talking extremely early. I'm talking 6.30 in the morning on mornings that I don't work, sometimes 6 a.m. So I go from waking up at 5 a.m. in the mornings that I'm teaching and then I wake up at 6 or 6.30 in the mornings that I'm not teaching. And that just works for me. But I was not like this before. So you can make these changes. You know, like I, if someone told me, oh, you're going to love waking up at 6.30 every single morning, even when you're not working, I'd be like, no chance in hell. But you do it consistently enough and it just becomes part of you. And now even if my alarm isn't set, I'm likely to wake up around that time, you know, on the proviso that I haven't had a huge night the night before. All right, next topic is focusing on a task. One of the main things that I got was studying, um, how to stay on task, how to be motivated to study a set amount per week um, and not wait for, you know, one week out of a huge assignment or essay or whatever that's due and you just losing your fucking shit and having a breakdown because you can't, you just don't have the time anymore. Um, my... 
one thing that works a treat for me is you kind of have to figure out what your ideal focusing time is. Now, it's definitely not an hour. It's going to be a lot less than that. I'm talking like quality focus time, not this shit that you consider focused. I'm talking quality attention span. How long can you actually hold that for? Me personally, my sweet spot is half an hour. 40 minutes depending on what I'm doing. But if I'm doing something really, really tedious, 30 to 40 minutes is kind of where I max out. So what I do is I kind of look at it as I figure out how many hours – firstly, the first thing I do is I figure out how many hours a week per subject I need to be studying in order to get a result that I want to get. So I aim high. I want to get the best possible result I can get. I don't aim to scrape with the pass. So obviously depending, some people are like, no, no, I just want to scrape with the pass because I've got a full-time job, whatever. So you figure out what kind of result you're aiming for based on the result based on how many subjects you're doing and based on is it an undergrad or a master's degree, you can figure out roughly how many hours you need to be putting aside. Me, personally, I'm going to be doing this semester 10 hours a week per subject. So that's 20 hours a week of study that I need to be allocating. So that means that... Okay, let's just break it down. Let's say, hypothetically, I decided I'm studying five days out of seven. So that means that I need to be doing four hours a day of study. So if I want to do that in um, 40-minute blocks, so what's that? So four hours, that's 240 minutes. That's six blocks of 40 minutes. Uh, So what I would do is I set a 40-minute timer on my phone and I put my phone on the other side of the room so there's no possible distractions of anything social media whatsoever, nothing. Then when the timer goes off, I then set a 10-minute timer. In those 10 minutes, I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can scroll Instagram the whole time. I can go and get a quick snack. I can jump up and down and do jump squats to get the blood pumping, whatever the fuck you want to do. And then I go back and I do another 40-minute block. Probably if we're talking six blocks, for example, this is – this is the example I'm using. Um, I'd probably, after three blocks of 40 minutes, I'd probably give myself like a long break, maybe, you know, whatever, a, a half hour break or even an hour break. Or you can even have like two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon, whatever the fuck you want. You decide. But basically the best way to stay focused on a task is to A, know how many hours per week you need to be allocating. Don't go into this blindly because you will not be prepared and that's where that's your undoing when you're not prepared. So at the start of your semester, you need to decide from the beginning how many hours you're going to allocate a week and just stick to that. You need to, you need to fucking stick to that. And the best way for me to do it is by doing that blocking mode. And then based on your work, if you work a nine to five or whatever, based on your work timetable, you can then on the Sunday at the start of every week kind of block out your study blocks Okay, and then based on those study blocks, you then bunch them into those 30, 40 minute blocks. I would not do more than 45 minutes at a time because you, you literally are not focusing after that. The, the brain needs a break and you need to be refreshing your mind, refreshing your brain. You need to give yourself and your brain time to consolidate those memories. You become less and less and less productive as you try and hold focus if you're holding it for like a, an excessive amount of time. So give yourself those breaks and then when you return to the topic, you're more refreshed. But preparation is key. Know the amount of hours. I can't, guys, I can't enforce that hard enough. You need to know how many hours you're allocating to your study. The next one is how to stop eating bad food consistently. Okay, this is a hard one. This is probably the one that I got the most. 
literally everybody has gone through this or does go through this in one at one stage or another so firstly the number one thing you need to remind yourself of is that this is very common you don't need to stress out about it the more you stress out about it the worse you're going to make it for yourself you just need to tackle it you know intelligently so number one before anything you need to go grocery shopping on a full stomach that to me has been a huge game changer because a lot of people don't realize this but I have and it's fucked a very sweet tooth and I've you know battled with this fucking obsession with sweet foods always Um, and while it doesn't show in my weight it definitely plays out in my like I used to get horrible eczema and anyway that's a whole nother story I don't need to go into it but the point is that that to me has been very difficult for me to control but I would notice that I'd wait till my fridge was empty to then go grocery shopping then I'm famished thinking oh I'm gonna do this I'm gonna eat that I'm gonna eat that go grocery shopping and while I'm hungry buying all the stuff that I'm gonna cook I'm also stocking up on chocolates lollies cookies like I'm going crazy bad bad move so the first thing that you're gonna do is you are no longer gonna go grocery shopping on an empty stomach number one so I'm not saying uh, you know I don't like to make blanket rules of don't ever do this or don't ever do that or strict diet or strict this but If you have one block of chocolate in your home, that's literally better than having a block of chocolate, a thing of candy, a thing of popcorn, a thing... Like, I literally... You don't want to know how fucking wild I can go when I go grocery shopping. It's not a pretty sight. So, when I am full, I approach foods so much healthier. So, if I eat a proper meal and then I go grocery shopping, I look at chocolate like, that would be a nice treat, maybe, once I've done a 40-minute study block and I would really love to have a few blocks of those of that chocolate. So, then I buy just one block of chocolate, one thing, you know, like you're just so much, your approach to what you purchase is a lot healthier. So, number one is set yourself up to succeed when you are purchasing the foods that you're then going to be snacking on when you're at home, number one. Number two is... You need to be drinking more water and the first thing that you have in the morning is a big glass of water, not coffee, a glass of water. I'm a huge coffee advocate, love that shit. I could go on forever about how much I love coffee. But you need to start your day hydrating your brain and your gut by drinking a large glass of water. Then you're not going to be craving shits as much. It's going to kind of hydrate you. You're a little bit satisfied. You're going to feel a little bit better. Then you have your breakfast and whatever. Um, As far as binging... This one is a little bit hard because it does require some level of self-control. And, you know, you can go about this any way you want. You can go full strict diet vibes or you can go like gentle lifestyle changes where you're kind of including a bit of everything. But I'm a huge advocate for just balance in your life. Like I go out and I drink, but I eat really well most of the time. I do have sugar in my diet for sure. When I'm at a restaurant, I don't really worry about what it is that I'm ordering. But I think for me, especially coming from like a neuro mindset standpoint, unless a food is genuinely bad for you or you are intolerant to that food group, you need to kind of relax your attitude around it. Often people that just are adamant about cutting a food group out of their life just because they're like, you know, it's got to be bad for you, so I'm cutting it out completely and I'm not ever going to have it. I'm not. Then they attach so much stress and effort into what they're eating that honestly, I swear to God, people that freak out about what they're eating are the ones that have the most problems. Like, you just calm down. 
If you don't like a food group, that's okay. Don't eat it. But stop making it such a big deal because then you end up stressing and being manic about what it is that you're eating. Just relax yourself and figure out what foods you're going to be including, what foods you should be including, what's kind of going to be a treat, what's inevitable and kind of have a look at those things. Like I know people that cut out alcohol out of their life and absolutely struggle with it because it doesn't correlate well with their lifestyle and they hate it and they're always stressed and whatever. And are they losing any weight? No, they're not. Then I know people that are happy to cut alcohol out of their life because it doesn't complement their life whatsoever. They don't need it at all. It's just not part of their lifestyle. It's not part of their social interactions. So for them, it makes, there's no need to have alcohol And does it affect them at all? No, it doesn't. So if cutting out a food group, and again, this is if if you're intolerant to a food group, you obviously should be cutting it out. But if you're cutting out a food group just for the sake of doing it and it's causing you more stress and it's causing you benefits, maybe you need to look at maybe not cutting that food group out but including small amounts of it in your diet so you can have that balance, you can have that lifestyle where you're just more chilled towards what it is that you're eating make sure that you know if I have a huge bowl of pasta for lunch I just don't eat a fucking bowl of pasta for dinner do I I just think okay maybe I should have like more veggies and maybe some meat or salmon or something you know just kind of look at what you last ate and think should I be repeating that or not and when it comes to sugar you should only ever be eating something sweet ideally if once you've already hit your macronutrients and you've already hit that anyway I'm not going to go into this more because this is not a diet podcast next topic exercising. All right. Finally, I got a lot of people specifically saying exercising when it's cold outside. There's your first excuse that you've given yourself and you didn't even realize. You don't have to exercise outside. So if you're telling yourself that, oh no, I can't go outside and exercise. Well, that might be true because you might be freezing your balls off and you don't want to, you know, be outdoors, especially if you're living in a really cold city. But you can exercise. It just might not be the exercise you want. All you need is the, the, the length of a mat and you can do either yoga, Pilates, a HIIT session, a, a full body strength session where you're just using your body. You could buy a couple of dumbbells. There's always a way and the weather does not impede that. The weather will stop you from going for a run maybe. The weather will stop you from going to an outdoor boot camp. But if you are exercising and on a budget, You can do that at home on the floor. So there's your first excuse and you've already given it. Exercise when it's too cold outside. If you don't want to be exercising when it's cold, change your exercise routine and either drive to a studio and do a class indoors at a studio or exercise from home. Now, if the question is motivation to exercise full stop, then you need to be, there's a few things you need to be doing. Number one, have you exhausted all different types of workouts and figured out what it is that you do like and what you don't like. Because often people think that they need so much motivation to go and exercise because they actually haven't found something that they like and they actually hate what they've been doing. So you might actually not have found something that you're really into that excites you. So you're like, this is a fucking punish. So I need excessive amounts of drive just to even get there. So maybe you just haven't found your thing, number one. So shop around for a workout. It might be boxing, it might be running, it might be yoga, it might be hit, it might be whatever, but shop around and find your thing. If you absolutely cannot find your thing, then, and you just hate training and it's just not your thing, then I would recommend you break your workouts up into smaller, more manageable chunks. 
So do 20-minute workout. You are way more likely to embark on something if you know it's only going to be 20 minutes, even if it's intense, than if it's going to be an hour. You think to yourself, you justify it to yourself, 20 minutes is nothing. I can literally do this and in less than half an hour, I'm in the shower. Or you could be like, fuck, an hour? But in that hour, I could have done X, Y, Z. You literally, like just... Pay attention to what excuses you're making for yourself and then you kind of, you can preempt what excuses you're going to make in the future. So if you can't find, if you haven't shopped around, I recommend you shop around and find a workout that works for you. And if you are using time as an excuse, just break up the workout into smaller workouts. 20 minutes, just do them more often and do something a bit more intense. If you're going to do a 20 minute workout, do something that's like heavyweight training or hit um, that kind of thing. And um, money is not an excuse because if you've got the internet, then you can train. YouTube is like incredible for the amount of free content that you can get on it. Or you can find a trainer that you really like and join a group session so you're not having to pay for a one-on-one PT. There's always a way and there's always a free way when it comes to training. Um, So there are your options. Also, you've got to figure out if you know that by the end of the day, you are too tired to train, stop moving your workouts to the PM. Force yourself to make them in the AM. Again, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier today. What is going to be not negotiable in your life? So for me personally, not negotiable is I have to get up early and I have to exercise before I do anything. To the extent now that I link exercise with planning my podcasts. I do not sit down and start planning my podcast until I've gone to exercise. I do not sit down and start studying until I've gone to exercise because for me, the benefits are psychological more than they are physical. And obviously the physical benefits are very big, but for me, nothing trumps the the mind, the, the calm mind I have after a workout. Nothing beats it so you need to figure out how you're going to get there and what you're going to use to just to justify you training so for me that's I know I'm going to feel so fucking good and calm once I do this training session so what is it for you what's it going to be and if and if you're not training in the morning and you know that you're going to put it off at night you've just wasted a whole day okay also another big thing is do you have a support network or a community around you. So one thing that I noticed with a lot of like weightlifting gyms or CrossFit gyms is they've got an awesome community um, vibe around it. So people really feel that they're not just going there for their workout. They're going there to feel part of like their their team, their family. So I couldn't recommend that higher, finding a place where you can find your community. Not imperative. You know, you might be quite self-driven and self-motivated, but I can say that on the days that you don't feel like exercising, that might be the thing that gets you over the line and gets you going there. Um, and that can be with anything. You know, maybe you just haven't found your thing or you haven't found your tribe or your people. So please do shop around because – that is a, that's a game changer. Also having someone to hold you accountable. I used to, when I lived in Brisbane, my friend Loz and I used to go for runs, but we'd go excessively early. Like we'd meet up at 5.15 cause it'd be so hot. And, um, if Loz wasn't meeting me there at that time, I can tell you right now, I would have probably gone at 6am, but she's what kept me accountable. I knew she would be there and she knew that I would be there. So we just did it, you know? So having an accountability buddy, a hundred percent, is a vibe and I definitely recommend it. Okay, another one is stop spending too much time on your phone or your devices. Honestly, I would just use the exact thing that I said for studying for your device thing. If you don't want to be using your device, you don't have to be doing anything specifically, but again, set that timer and you're not allowed to check 
your social media, whatever, for that time. Personally, I've switched off all notifications from any social media app. The only notifications that I get are texts and phone calls, not even my WhatsApp. I don't even have the number at the top of my Instagram or Messenger or WhatsApp. That doesn't appear. So I physically have to enter the app to know if someone's messaged me or not. And I don't care what excuse you throw at me. If you're going to come at me and say, oh, but I run a business and whatever, well, then you can keep notifications on for that one app where things are going to be coming through. Or you can just check it once an hour. This whole I run a business thing, I don't buy it because you're telling me that you need to be checking your phone every five minutes to answer something that a client has said when you could be doing it every hour. Are you an emergency surgeon? I don't think so. And if you are, then you'd be at the fucking hospital, not on your phone. So it's like, stop kidding yourself. These excuses only sound good to you and they're only ever going to sound good to you. Your excuses sound the best to you. Anyone else you tell, it's never going to sound as good to them. Okay. If anything, it's going to sound ridiculous. So when you make an excuse, at the very least, say it to yourself first and think, is this honestly what someone else wants to be hearing? You either shut up or you say the excuse and you keep making, you know, allowances for your lack of action. It's up to you. But every time you make an excuse, you're telling yourself, I don't want it that bad. I just, I just don't think I'm worthy of having that because I'm prepared to come up with the reason and come up with an answer to this person who's probably trying to help me, who's probably trying to, you know, assist me or whatever I'm going to, no, instead I'm going to answer back with an excuse because deep down I don't think I'm capable of doing it and I value the safety of being lazy and comfortable over growth. That is what you're telling yourself at the end of the day. You just need to ask yourself time and time again, how bad do you want change? Because at the end of the day, all these things, I can be telling you all these things and you could be like, oh, Alexis, you know what? I'm really struggling to wake up in the morning and I listen to your podcast and, you know, those things just don't work for me. I just this, I just that, I just that, you know, and I see that other people are doing it. At the end of the day, you just don't want it that bad. You don't. Love you, babe, but you don't, okay? Real change happens from someone who's got a true desire to make a change and they are working towards something, not running away from something. Everything that I'm saying in this podcast you need to be implementing. And if you're not implementing, you just don't want it. And that's okay. You don't have to want it. You don't have to put pressure on yourself to want something if you genuinely don't want it. It's okay to not want certain things. But don't say you want them when deep down you just envy someone that's taken all this action but you're just not prepared to take the action. That's not cool and you're not being accountable and change is not going to happen. Now, the other one that I got was stop rewarding yourself prematurely when you see progression. That kind of fits into what I was talking about just before about running away from something versus running towards something. You're more likely to slip up and, quote, reward yourself with something, with like a, with food or a treat or whatever, when what you're doing is just like a painful task, you know, of this like, oh, I've just got to get away from that, get away from that. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to, oh, okay, I'm starting to lose some weight. Okay, now I'll just binge. You know, that's kind of that concept. Whereas if you're working towards something and there's all these added things involved, like you're getting stronger, you're gaining some muscle, you're whatever, you know, you've got all these cool goals that you're hitting, like I can now lift this much or run this far and whatever. Then you having like a meal that 
is a little bit more unhealthy than usual isn't really going to impede that change because you're still on that trajectory of growth. It's not pulling you back. So when you're in that headspace of I'm rewarding myself prematurely, I can guarantee you that you're probably in a way punishing your body and trying to, you know, you're, you're punishing yourself for being a certain way and you're like, no, I'm going to, you know, it's, it's a painful thing and I'm, I'm starving myself and I'm really deprived and I can't try and change your goal and try and change how you look at it and you're going to feel a lot better, not just about the, the process, but you're going to feel a lot better about yourself and um, how you treat yourself and how you speak to yourself because you'll be like hitting all these milestones and it's actually a really nice way of, of you know, working your self-love as well and your self-care because you're kind of congratulating yourself every time you hit these milestones or get close to hitting a milestone versus kind of really being quite mean to yourself and, and um, punishing yourself for having been overweight. Like that's not going to help you at all. That's not going to get you anywhere. You being super slack to yourself about something that's already happened, like gaining weight, that's just, you're not, that's not helpful and you're just wasting time. So yeah, just change the overall thing that you're running towards and not running away from it. And that's going to help you, you know, stop celebrating prematurely and all of that um, because a celebration won't mean that you fucked up basically. So now I just want to kind of wrap up this podcast. There's two things I want to wrap it up with. Number one, you need to stop telling yourself that other people possess something that you don't. It, in a way, it's comforting at the time to think, oh, well, the reason I can't do this is because that person has either resources or luck or help or they're naturally that way or, you you know, you can, you can continue that list for me. Um, because it's in a way it's helpful because you think, oh, well, no wonder I can't do it. They're at an advantage and I'm here. But then you're doing yourself a massive disservice because in reality, a lot of the things that people do, yes, okay, there are people that are lucky or when it comes financially, there are people that, you know, have a lot of money in their family and they're born into it. Okay, but we're not talking about those people. I'm talking about your everyday person that's gotten themselves from A to B over a period of time. That's what we're talking about. If you tell yourself that that person has something that you don't possess. You're being so slack to yourself and you are thinking so little of yourself instead of turning it around and thinking, okay, it's kind of tough love and it's going to be you know, a hard pill to swallow, but I can do what they're doing. But the reason I'm not doing it is because I just am not taking action. I'm not accountable. I'm making more excuses than I am taking action. And ultimately, in the scheme of things, I just... Don't want it bad enough to make it a non-negotiable in my life. While it's a hard pill to swallow, it's also very exciting because you can from one day be like, I'm not like them, I can't, I can't. You can turn around and be like, I'm just like them. I just have to tweak a few things in my day. And before I know it, it becomes part of my habitual way of thinking and being and living. And before I know it, in one year, I could be halfway to where that person is or all the way to where that person is, you know, like – like I always say, time is going to pass anyway. You need to start now and start actioning these changes that are these daily little things in your routine that before you know it, six months down the line, one year down the line, you turn around and you are just, it's wild how much change you can make. The other thing that I want to finish off with, and this is not my thing, this is actually, I follow this woman called Taria Pitch. She's fucking amazing and I highly recommend you follow her. Um, she was running an ultra marathon this australian woman 
Um, and she got burnt, like severely, severely burnt. And then like her comeback was just fucking amazing. Um, anyway, highly recommend you even listen to some of her talks on YouTube or whatever. But I was at a like a event and she was the opening speaker at this event. And she said, obviously a lot of things she said, but one thing that really stuck with me and I fucking loved it. And she said, change your language when you talk about having to do something. Stop saying I have to do this. Change it to say I get to do this. And for her, she's coming from a place where someone that like has overcome like huge obstacles in her life and nearly died, right? But even for someone like me that hasn't overcome anywhere near the things that she has, even for me that works so well. You don't, you don't say I have to get up at 5 a.m. to go to work. You can turn around and say I get to get up at 5 a.m. and I get to go to work. Like that's awesome that you have a job. Start looking at things as privilege, as like a, a privilege or something that, that you're grateful for having in your life versus a chore and a burden, you know, and, and you're really going to start to change how you feel about those things. Like I even look at it when bills come, I'm like, I get to pay this bill. How sick is it that I have income that I myself have earned and now I can just pay this bill and it's not, no, no, it's, it's not stressing me out I can just pay it and be done with it because you know I can budget I can this I can that I get to do these things I get the opportunity to have these responsibilities versus people that don't get that chance um yeah so change every time you say I have to do something how differently would you feel about it if you got to say I get to do something so thanks Taria Pitt for that one love that anyway guys thank you so much please um yeah just Keep sharing the podcast. You guys are the biggest fucking legends. The Honestly, the engagement of the podcast has been so fucking wild and it is all because of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. It's because you have been sharing my work. This is what I fucking love to do. So I don't think you know how much it actually does mean to me that you guys are sharing the podcast and my work. I fucking appreciate it so much. Also, if you guys are doing the Mindset Hacks podcast, program I'm the next week I think the next two weeks are going to be specifically on I'm giving you actual tasks to do during the day on motivation and on actually actioning things so it's going to be quite relevant to this podcast Um, if you do want to jump onto mindset hacks it's just go on to www.alexisfernandez.live and it's a monthly ongoing program and every week I release a module that gives you homework throughout the week to do so that way you've got like actionable tasks to do throughout the week to make some fucking changes in your life. Anyway, guys, thank you so much. Really appreciate everything. Love you all. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to your brains. Don't take shit from anyone and especially don't take shit from yourself. Love you. Bye. Don't care.